So, we, um, over the last few weeks, started to talk about, you know, how we kind of process what we're going through um, in, you know, post-Hurricane Irma, which has been, you know, a big deal for all of us. And uh, a few weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about cause and effect thinking and said, you know, that sometimes we, we try and come up with reasons for everything, but, you know, really we have to sort of settle in, fallen world, broken planet, things happen, and we can, in the midst of it, see God at work, and we learn to trust Him, and uh, we hang on to Him. And then last week I said, you know, then we have to remember there's always more to the story. And I encourage you to make sure you're crying out to God and um, know that He's with us and for us and that He's got us, and, and again, we, we can see him at work and all the things that are going on, and uh, but that's very important. Well, this week, I want to talk about dealing with loss uh, and what that looks like appropriate. You know, from the, from, from the beginning, I said it's important that we, we focus on what's left, not, what on, not what's, on, what's been lost. So that's where our focus is. But we still have to deal with loss um, throughout the course of our lives. So I want to spend a few minutes talking with you about that with you today. So, um, bad joke time. That's the intro. Always a bad joke or two. Uh, what do you get if you eat Christmas decorations? Tinselitis. Isn't that terrible? I was really stretching. And this was, how do you stop a skunk smelling? You hold its nose. It's obvious. Nothing, huh? Isn't it? Thank you. Maybe I'll cut that out before tomorrow. Then I, I read about this local brewery and is trying to figure out that, that who's been swimming in their vats of fermented apple juice. They're, they're fairly certain that the culprit's an insider. You like insider? Some of them haven't got it yet, but I think it's pretty good. All right. This Saturday night, I work out which ones I'm not going to keep. Recently, somebody asked me to describe myself in three words. And I said, I'm not very good with numbers. Wow, Kim's tough this week. Scripture reading. Here on purpose. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent, a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate and a time for war and a time for peace. Blessed be the word of the Lord. I want to focus in on verse 4 of that today, and point number one in your notes is, is I'm going to start by talking about choosing to mourn, choosing to mourn. Ecclesiastes 3, 4, there's a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. Now, in that passage that I read to you in Ecclesiastes 3, um, what the writer is, is saying under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit is that life is composed of opposites. We have good days. And we have bad days. Would you sort of agree with that? We have days when we're minding our own business in the kitchen, and all of a sudden we fall down and end up with bandages all over us before we preach. Um, we have things that happen. It's part of life. 
when we go. We have up days, we have down days. There's a time to weep, there's a time to rejoice, time to be sad, time to mourn. There's a time to dance and a time to party. Um, all of these opposites are legitimate parts of life, and it's important that you embrace and enter into both in order to experience life at its fullest here, here in, in this journey that we are with God. And so one of the things that happens is throughout our lives, loss happens. It's unavoidable. In a fallen world, broken planet, we will experience loss. And in that loss, we need to choose to mourn. So, you know, a lot of people choose not to. And what they do is instead is they, they stuff it down or they deny it or they repress it. Um, they, they try to go through all of the losses of life without ever mourning. And that's a mistake. It's a, it's a big mistake. Um, let me say this. When I mention mourning, oftentimes people think that's something that happens only like at funerals, um, uh, only with the loss of, of loved ones. But Throughout the course of our lives, because we live in a fallen world on a broken planet, we experience thousands of losses. Um, and the reality that there's something missing um, here, this side of our eternal life with God, will impact us throughout our lives. Um, and yet, dealing with that is, is unpleasant, and so many people just try to avoid it. Just stuff it down, put it aside, I'm not going to mourn, I'm not going to, I'm just going just gonna to press on, get on with my life, I'm going to deny that this is an issue, and move right past those things in their life. And, and the reason is that, that mourning is, is probably the most painful emotion that we go through in life, but it's also perhaps the most helpful. And, and people will go, how in the world is it helpful to mourn? See, mourning is actually the way that God helps us transition um, through difficulties in our life. And if you don't mourn losses in your life, you'll get stuck at those places. And so a lot of people are still stuck at places in their lives where they experienced loss and didn't mourn it appropriately, and they just pushed it aside, and yet the impact is so strong that it's popping out in all sorts of other ways in their lives. Um, because there was, there was something there that needed to be worked through in, in relationship with God that was pushed aside. And, and until it is worked through, it, it impacts the way that we relate to other people. It impacts the way that we relate to situations. It's, it's having a significant impact on us. And so, so oftentimes, people have experienced loss, and instead of embracing it and dealing it, they've stuffed it or put it aside, and it's still having a a detrimental impact on their lives um, because they, we push it away instead of actually dealing with it. And, and um, those kind of things cause all sorts of anxieties in people and fears, low self-esteem, um, because what happened is that, that we just haven't been taught or told or, or loved into sort of mourning unto life, which is what we do as believers in Christ. And um, this is modeled to us by Jesus. And, you know, if you if you, if you read the scripture, you know that, that Jesus, um, he's our model for life and ministry. And we can look to him to see how he embraced life. You know, he, he dealt with everything we dealt with, yet was without sin. And uh, so everything that he chose to do was healthy and appropriate. And, and the Bible says that he was a man acquainted with sorrows. So he knew that experience. 
Uh, and, you know, one instance when his dear friend Lazarus had died, the, and the Bible says that Jesus mourned that, he wept. Uh, he was concerned for Lazarus' sisters and the way they were impacted, concerned for his friend. John 11, 33, 36. It says, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews would come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And Jesus wept. Shortest verse in the Bible. The one that most people memorize. And then the Jews said, see how he loved him. So, so here we have a picture of Jesus mourning. He's, he's showing us that this is an appropriate, healthy response to loss. So, so mourning is, is God's gift of getting us through the transitions of life. But you have to choose to enter it. You have to, you have to embrace it. You have to not push it away. You have to understand that, that loss is unavoidable, but I need to choose to mourn the loss and I have to know that God will be with me in it. So you don't have to go through it alone. Psalm 34, 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. So we have the promise that God is with us in the midst of the things that we're going to go through. So we don't need to be a fear of it. And we don't need to push it away. We don't need to pretend it didn't happen. We don't need to go. It's no big deal. Um, it's something that we need to embrace. And really... One of the things that we need to learn how to do, and this is point number two, and this is going to sound funny, I think, till I explain it, but we have to learn to lament. How about that? You have to learn to lament. And lament is, um, is actually the same word in our scripture reading day that's translated mourn. It's the same word. And so the Bible calls mourning um, a lament, lamenting. And, and in effect, it's crying out to God in your pain, with your hurt, in your loss, with your anger, with your complaints, and learning to tell God exactly how you feel. And now a lot of people don't think that's something they're allowed to do. And so that's why they don't embrace what I'm talking about. So a lament is a passionate expression of mourning to God. Uh, as we talked about uh, last week, it's, a, it's about crying out to God. And let me say this, that a lament is an act of worship. Uh, it's an act of worship that can actually include, get ready, arguing with God and complaining to God. Some of you are going to go, no, that can't be right. But it, it is. See, you, you go, well, no, that can't be right. Complaining to God can't be an act of worship. See, complaining to God, and make sure you hear me, that's an act of worship. Complaining about God that's rebellion, that's sin, and it's significantly different. And, and yet where, where generally we get into these situations is we do the second, which is sin. We complain about God and the things that are going on instead of complaining to him, which is something that he can handle, and he, and he wants you to actually do it because it's real. And he knows you live in a fallen world on a broken planet, and he wants you telling him how you feel in the process and the reason we know that is that the Bible itself is full of laments. This book, and I know you've read it, is filled with people uh, complaining to God about things that they don't care for. There's, there's prayers that are prayed of people complaining to God. There's prayers of people accusing uh, in, in the process and, and, uh, and grieving. And, and yet, see, this is one of the reasons why I love this book. Why I love the Bible is that it, it keeps everything in it. 
It didn't get edited out. All the bad stuff, all the difficult stuff didn't get pulled out of the Bible. Uh, it's still in there. So like, you know, all the stories, like when you read in the New Testament about the heroes of the faith, right? And you read about all the amazing things they did in Hebrews, and they did this, and they by faith did this, and by faith, you know, they were strong, and they did it. And then you read about them in the Old Testament, and you find out these were not very good people in a lot of ways. <laughs> they had some significant problems. And issues, and they did some stuff that make you go, what in the world? This is a hero of the faith, and yet it is. And part of that is, I love it, is because God, God looks down at our redeemed lives, you know, and he knows what he's doing. And so it's okay for him to leave all of that stuff in the book. And I'm so grateful that he did, because how would you like it if, how hard would it be if only the good stuff was in there and none of that other stuff? Because you would think, man, I'm not living up. I can't even get close to this. I can't touch this. I can't live like these guys did. But you look and you go, well, they were, they were as messed up as I am. And God used them. And God can use us in the process. So it doesn't whitewash negative emotion. It's all there. It's all in there. And, and so we're gonna, you're going to read about guys saying, God, I don't think that's fair. God, that shouldn't have happened. God, I, I don't think that should have happened. God, I feel like you broke your promise, although he didn't. God, you need to fix this. You need to fix that. And God has it all here for us in the book. Because God's not afraid of negative emotion. We are. But God isn't afraid of it at all. Because he can handle it. And so I love that because, you know, life's not all sunshine and roses and rainbows and unicorns and my little pony. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> it's just not. So a lot of life is tough. Broken Broken planet, fallen world. A lot of life is tough. And, and so the Bible even says there's a, there's a time to weep. There's a time to rejoice. There's a time to party. There's a time to cry. This is all part of life. And, and so God says to be fully alive, to be fully human in Him is to accept it all. If you only accept the parties of life and not the sorrows, you're living half a life. That's, that's part of what happens. And, and so we're to embrace the whole thing. And, and what happens is you, you sort of get emotionally stunted uh, because you're only living out the good parts. And yet, it's all part of the deal that we're in. This isn't perfect yet. And so, you, you end up with no depth in your life. You end up with no color in your life. You end up with no no, no sort of uh, place where, where you can relate to other people going through different things. Because all those things in our lives, the, the depth of understanding and compassion and everything else, it comes through the, the valleys uh, and the shadows of the things that we experience. And so the Bibles, it's full of laments. In fact, most of you know this, there's an entire book called Lamentations. It's a whole, the whole thing is a lament. It's Jeremiah complaining to God about the way God is taking care of business. The entire book made it into Scripture, Lamentations. And God's just saying, go ahead, Jeremiah, I can handle it. The story's bigger than you know, Jeremiah, so you don't see it all, but I got it. Pour it out, man. I'm just glad you're hanging out talking to me. Isn't God's co cool, right? And so, and, and what Jeremiah is, is all upset about is the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem, and he can't see the bigger picture. But it was a huge deal to go through. This destruction is hard to go through. How many, how many of you can relate to that? Destruction is not fun. Right, so, we're two months in, we still drive down my street, and destruction is everywhere. And I, you know, I try and block it as much as I can, like you guys do too, but it's just everywhere. So um, there's a whole book of it. 
the Psalms. You know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Psalms, right? Talk about the Psalms all the time. 150 Psalms in the Bible. 65 of them are laments. 65 out of the 150 are people lamenting to God. And, and so a lot of times when I'm talking to people and say, you need to read the Psalms, they look, oh, there's so much stuff in there. It's so negative. But, but um, it's okay. See, it's real. You, you read David, and he's often, he's lamenting to God. And, and, and yet it's all part of the reality of this life that we're called to live. And it's all an act of worship. Uh, and, and so lamenting, listen, is as much an act of worship as being thankful is. Oh, no, that can't be. I'm telling you. It's all part of the same deal. Complaining to him, not about him. Make sure you get the difference. But it's all part of the same deal. You're talking to God about God, and that's worship. And it comes in whatever we're dealing with. If, if you want to skip to the, the like pinnacle of the dark lamentations in Psalm, Psalm 88. Uh, this guy, Heman, he's going through it. Let me, I'm just reading it to you. Uh, Psalm 88, 1 through 4. O Lord, the God who saves me, day and night I cry out before you. May my prayer come before you. Turn your ear to my cry, for my soul is full of trouble and my life draws near the grave. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am like a man without strength. Then it goes on and on and on. I love it. I just skipped to the end. Verse 18. You've taken my companions and loved ones from me. The darkness is my closest friend. How's that? That guy's talking to God. My closest friend is darkness. I don't think he's in a good place. But he's hanging with the right person. Do you get it? And so it's good. It's, it's just honest. It, it's like some people have to, oh, I have to pull it together before I go to God. No, you go to God and he helps you pull it together. See, that's what happens. And, and, and yet we have this thing that we're not supposed to do it. But, but every sort of emotion that we can experience is in the Psalms. It's all there. And so one of the things I'm going to ask you to do again uh, you know, is, is especially at this point in time, read the Psalms. Go back through them. There's 150 Psalms. I try and read every Psalm every month. It's, it's pretty simple, actually. It doesn't, it doesn't, there's 30 days. It's about five Psalms a day. Some are bigger than others. I wrote a whole book about it out there, you know, Daily Salt Intake. And, and it's all broken down on how you can read them. But, but I, I want you to read them again because what I want you to see is that you, you can't get past the difficulties in your life and the hurt in your life and the loss in your life until you acknowledge it and you accept it and you actually embrace it and feel it. And then once you do that, here's the thing, then God helps you get through it. And that's the amazing thing about who God is and how he loves us. And so we, we get in touch with it and we choose to, to do it and we, we learn to lament. And then third, uh, we ask God to heal our hearts, to heal our broken hearts. You know, in, in Jesus' first public sermon is in Luke chapter 4. It's in his hometown in Nazareth. And he says something there. I want to make sure that you hear in verse 18. Uh, he, he picks up the this, this scroll and he reads, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Jesus said, God has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. That's what he came to do, to heal the brokenhearted. So, so in your pain, see, in your hurt, in your loss, you look toward God. And, and while you're walking through the valley of the shadow, you look to Jesus. Remember that from the Psalm 23, 4? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
And here's something, I don't know if you've connected this before, but it's very cool. When you're reading the Psalms, you know something about shadows? Wherever there's a shadow, there's a light. Wherever there's a shadow, there's a light. So when I'm walking through the valley of the shadow and I see the shadow over there and it's maybe freaking me out or it's dealing with me, you, you know, what I do to get through the valley of the shadow is I, I turn and I look at the light that's causing the shadow and I just look directly into the light and then I'm not afraid anymore because I'm not looking at the shadow, I'm looking at the light. See, that's what you need to see in the process. And, and so, the, you know, have you looked at the light? Have you looked to the light? Jesus said, I am the light of the world. John 9, 5. While I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. So fix your eyes on Jesus. Look to the light. No matter what you're going through, ask him to heal. It's like, like I was going to bust a move or something. So, listen, you, you, you can't get through the difficulties in life apart from Him. And so call out to Him in the process. And if you've never made that connection before, do it now. Know Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life. Come into relationship with Him. He has done everything that needs to happen to reconcile us to God. Our part is just in faith, to act on that. And, and to know what he's done for us and, and confess with our mouths that he's Lord. If you've never done that, do it today. Look to the light of the world. Find life. If, you're at, if you've been pushing aside all of the mess around you as a believer, it's time to just go ahead and grab a hold of it, knowing that he's with you, and let him work you through it so that you can find life again and you can be whole and you don't get stuck here. And, and maybe there's some stuff you haven't mourned in the past. Let him have that too. So, so you're not stuck there either. And it's in these places he wants us to find life and health and wholeness in him. And that's all I had to say about that today. If you're watching my video, thanks for watching. We appreciate you doing that. Come and uh, hang out with us when you can. We would love to see you here. If you need prayer, go to the website. There's a prayer page, and we'd be happy to pray for you. We're going to move into our time.